Well, good morning. Like Graham said, I'm Bo, and I'm the uh, campus pastor and director of Front Porch Ministries, uh, which is a ministry to Cal Poly, but also to Cuesta, which is kind of right down the street from us. And uh, I wanted to thank you, before I get started, for uh, being a part of a network of churches that supports this ministry, and, uh, and we think of you often, and we're so uh, indebted and grateful for uh, this kind of outpost that we get to be for the church. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, and it's chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. I think it's going to be up here, and it's in your bulletins. If you brought your Bibles, you could turn there. Um, But Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. This is God's word. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading this, reading this passage of Scripture. Sorry, lost my place there. On his way home, he was sitting on his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Here we go. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. But the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is God's word. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would open our minds and our hearts, our spirits, that you would dig out our ears so that we might hear what it is that you have to say to us this morning. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go too much further, we're going to have to get two really big words out of the way. And I know it's early, and I hate to do this to you so early, but it has to be done. And the first word is chiasmus. Can you all say that with me? Chiasmus. All right, so we're all awake. Now, you have a chiasmus when you get a set of two paired phrases. And the second phrase mirrors the first phrase in the opposite order. So in body language, it looks like kung fu, right? So basically what I like to think of this as is, is translating Yoda from Star Wars. Did anybody see Star Wars? All right. All right. Tracking with me then. All right. Yoda talked really funny, right? And I'm not going to imitate Yoda because 
That would be awful for all of us. But sometimes I like to imagine that I'm driving places with Yoda, because I do that. Um, And if I were driving up here early this morning with Yoda, Yoda might have said something like, foggy it was this morning on the drive up. And I would say, no, no, Yoda. You remember how he talked like that? I'd say, no, you don't talk like that. That's not how you say that. On the drive up this morning, it was foggy. Foggy it was this morning on the drive up. On the drive up this morning, it was foggy. Two paired phrases that mirror each other. All right. Well, this morning, our passage forms a chiasmus, and we're going to be talking more on this later. But the reason that we want to pay attention to something like this is that a chiasmus always creates a center. It always has a hinge point on which everything is pointing toward. And what is that hinge point? What is that center? What is that? We're going to find out this morning. Now, the other word, it's not quite so bad, but we don't use it every day. And that word is protagonist. Now, can anybody tell me, the first service couldn't do it. Can anybody tell me what protagonist means? Just first thing that pops into your mind. Anything. Protagonist. What does that word mean? Hero, right. Hero, main most important character in a novel, play, story, literary work. The protagonist is the hero, the main most important character. And the reason that we want to have this word in our minds this morning is that in this passage we get confronted with a really big question. Who is the protagonist? Who is the main most important character? So chiasmus, protagonist. So the beginning of our chiasmus is verse 26. An angel of the Lord tells Philip, who's just done some amazing work in a place called Samaria, go south and get on a desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so Philip starts out, and on his way, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. And this is an important official. He's in charge of the treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. This man, he'd gone to Jerusalem to worship, we're told. And on his way home, he's sitting in a chariot and he's reading Isaiah the prophet. So the first thing I want us all to notice here is that we have the first two steps in our chiasmus. It's location and worship. We're we're in Jerusalem, we're on this back road, and the, the eunuch had gone there to worship, and now he's reading scripture, he's worshiping. So location, then worship. Now, if we were to cheat and skip ahead... To the very end of the passage, which I like to do sometimes, um, we would see that in verse 39, the spirit moves and the eunuch is again worshiping, rejoicing. And then we are in all these different locations. So location, worship, but at the end, we're back to worship and location. But now we need to talk about this eunuch from Ethiopia. What's going on here? Who is this guy? Well, Jesus tells his followers before ascending into heaven in the book of Acts that that God is on the move in this world. God has a mission and God intends to complete that mission through us, through his church, by going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, which is, by the way, where we just were in chapter 8 of Acts. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, if we look back over the book of Acts, where have we been? We were in Jerusalem, and then we were in Judea, and then we were in Samaria. And now look, where are we? We're on a desert road, which is really strange because there is no desert road that is a direct passage from Jerusalem to Gaza. So really, we're on a back road. 
We're on a middle of nowhere kind of road. We're on a getting out beyond our boundaries kind of road. And who do we run into on this out kind of beyond our boundaries road but an Ethiopian? You see, Ethiopia for the first first century Jewish mindset is about as foreign as you could get. Ethiopia is the ends of the earth. Here we have a person who looks different and speaks different and acts different. And here we have not just any Ethiopian, but royalty, a representative of the queen. And he's a eunuch. Well, that's great, but maybe a little bit of an overshare, right? We don't need that information. But maybe not. Maybe what Luke, the author of Acts, is trying to do, wants us to consider is, who is this gospel for? How far-reaching is this gospel, this good news about Jesus? How far is this message going to go? This Ethiopian is a foreigner, and that's not good in traditional Jewish thinking. This Ethiopian is a eunuch. Well, we all know from Levitical law, which we all memorized, right? That anyone with mutilated genitalia, they're outside of the fold of Israel. They're outside of of God's plan at that point in time. This Ethiopian is wealthy and, and he has high social standing. So we might ask the question, well, what need does he have of Jesus? It's not like he's poor. It's not like he's widowed. It's not like he's orphaned. But a pattern is emerging here. And I think that Luke wants for us to see it. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth were right the forefront of the ends of the earth. So this Jesus that we worship this morning and that we worship with our whole lives, hopefully during the week, this Jesus was really smart. He called it exactly like it happened. You're going to be here and then you're going to go there and you're going to be doing this and this and here and there. So the Spirit tells Philip in verse 29, go to that chariot, stay near it, cling to it, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Now the next part of our chiasmus is movement, running. Philip ran at the Spirit's command. So we have location, worship, movement. And at the end of verse 30, Philip says, do you understand what you are reading? How can I, said the Ethiopian, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited him up to sit with him. A little table for two. Location, worship, movement, a really good question. How can I understand if no one explains it to me? How many people are asking this question over and over again? College ministry is this question. How can I understand this Jesus person if no one explains it to me? We have thousands of campuses and tens of thousands of students on each campus. All of them are truly foreign to most of us. They're truly the ends of the earth, right in our own backyards, right off the beaten path between Jerusalem and Gaza. Some of these students are truly exotic. They're as foreign as an Ethiopian is to a first century Jew. Some of them are outside of the fold of our culture because of their practices and their customs and their language, their their keggers and their Short shorts. And none of them apparently needing Jesus. 
After all, they have all the wealth and security that they need. Mom and dad are paying for it all, right? And, and they're the future leaders of this world. Yet so many of them are just asking this question. How can I understand who Jesus is if no one explains it to me? Front Porch exists for this question. Front Porch is the effort of this church and, and a whole network of churches to provide an answer to the call of a question like this. But we're not ju- done just yet with our chiasmus. We have location, worship, movement, this great question, and now Scripture. The eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture, and our eyes are just supposed to pop here. No way was he reading that right when Philip got up to the chariot. That can't be coincidence. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now, I want to take a brief step back and just look at that other question, that other word, I'm sorry, that I gave you for this morning. Protagonist. The main most important character. Who is our protagonist for this morning? Who is the main most important character in this story? Is it Philip? Is it the eunuch? Can't be him. It's not either of them. It's it's the spirit. The Holy Spirit of God opens up our passage for this morning and tells Philip, go to the road. The Spirit of God has drawn this Ethiopian to Jerusalem to worship. The Spirit of God inspired Isaiah to write down these words so many years before. The Spirit of God has brought these two together at just a moment like this, where this question can be asked, the best question, the better question. Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself? someone else. This is the center of our chiasmus. At the center is a question and the answer to the question is Jesus. At the center of our chiasmus is Jesus. And so now Philip starts us back down the other side of the road of this chiasmus and he opens up Scripture. And he interprets it for this foreign man, this man who's outside of the fold of Israel, outside of the plan of salvation up until this point, up until the point of Jesus. I want to pause here for a moment and just share. This is the story of ministry. Every ministry and all ministries that at the Spirit's leading, we might be able to read and interpret Scripture, pointing people to the center of our story, Jesus Christ. That at the Spirit's leading, we might be able to read and interpret Scripture, pointing people to the center of our story, Jesus Christ. And in that respect, Front Porch is no different from any other ministry out there that's preaching and teaching Jesus. Front Porch is the Holy Spirit saying, go here. Cling to this. Be with these people. Let the Spirit be the protagonist, pointing us to Jesus. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture in verse 35, and he told him the good news about Jesus. And so here comes the next step down the path of our chiasmus. It's another great question. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? 
And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. You see, this was the sign and the seal that the ends of the earth were being reached right before their very eyes. That Jesus' prophetic words were coming true right before their very eyes. That when you reach the peak of this chiasmus, the center point, the hinge point, and you find that the center is Jesus, when you come down the other side, what you find is belonging and healing and forgiveness, the washing away of sins, baptism. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly takes Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing, worshiping. Philip, however, appears at Azotus and travels about preaching the gospel to all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Location, worship, movement, question, Scripture, Jesus. Scripture, question, movement, Worship, location. Luke wants for us to know that at the center of the Spirit's movement is Jesus. That the protagonist of this story, the main most important character of all great ministry stories, is not the people. Though we get really great supporting roles. I love my supporting role. The protagonist is the Holy Spirit. At Front Porch, we want to be a part of this kind of story, led by the Spirit, instructed by God's Word, centered on Jesus Christ. And this morning, I want to invite you to be a part of that kind of story, too. You already are. I want to encourage you to go to that that vision meeting on August 6th and think about where is the Spirit leading Highlands Church? What ends of the earth are you being called to? Could they be the ends of the earth right in your own backyard? Now, of course, I'm also here this morning to drum up as much support for Front Porch as I possibly can. Of course, I want Highlands as I want all our area churches to be one of those churches that just gives till it hurts. But before that, more importantly than that, much more importantly than that, I'm I'm a minister of the word and sacrament. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a friend. I've even got a dog that I might give up for God. I'd argue a lot. But I wouldn't give them up for front porch. I, I don't want this to be a missions presentation. I want for the church to really listen. Where is the Spirit leading us? Where is the Spirit taking us? I want for us to have stories where we're running at the Spirit's command, where we go wherever God leads us and where we get snatched up and we can't explain how we got where we are except to say the Spirit took me. May we be this kind of church, this kind of people, May the Spirit be our protagonist and Jesus the center of our stories. Amen? you pray with me? God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for its instruction to us. We thank you for your inspiration to Luke, that, uh, that he points us to Jesus with every word he writes. God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would be the main, most important character in our lives, always pointing us to the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.